Now, Deborah, we've had a really interesting conversation this morning about advanced manufacturing and what it can and can't do. One of the really interesting things I thought that came out of it was the sense that it's not going to be domestic housing where you get the early wins in this area. It's probably going to be from bigger public sector projects, whether they be hospitals, schools, possibly infrastructure, railways. Is that is that something you agree with, with your experience? Um, I, I'm not sure, actually, because I know that maybe some of the bigger players in housing are already looking at um, more advanced manufacturing through their supply chain. I, I know that for a fact. So they're already doing more than they did five years ago on modular construction, and they, they're starting to understand the business model for them. And they will be looking, um, like everybody, about you know facilities, opportunities to engage with a different supply chain. So I don't necessarily agree that the housing sector um, won't be interested and isn't a key player. Um, but I think that some of the um, opportunities on volume um, come from other sectors in, in, the, in the initial phase of this because... The, the types of products that you're making can be sold to multi-sector. That's interesting, isn't it, that you've got an industry where the top 100 contractors are operating on profit margins of, on a good day, yeah. 1.5%, and when things go a bit yeah. wrong, half of 1%. So inevitably, what they say is, this all sounds great, fine and dandy, but cost, cost, cost. They just mm. keep talking about procurement and the squeeze down mm. on cost. Is that something that sounds familiar to you as well? I, I, yeah, I think it is. And it's interesting with some of the contractors that we've been working with on innovative products, looking at concepts to do with creating factory environments and they're bought into it and they may well have used it on a particular demonstrator project they struggle to convince themselves to use it mainstream on other products and other projects. Um, and also, I think there's a concern and maybe an uncertainty for them about their supply chains being fit for purpose. And, and, and whilst they're investing in it, I guess once you have an established model, it's difficult to convince yourself to change from that unless there's some major um, disruptor or risk coming stage left. And then it's not easy to change. Hasn't the major disruptor to which you refer mm. been Grenfell, really? And Judith Hackett, in her report, makes it pretty clear that those supply chains, those standards and the enforcement of those standards within the construction industry mm. and within particularly retrofitting there mm. are just not fit for purpose at the moment. So something really needs to be looked at in a pretty serious way. I, and I, I, Yeah, I agree. And I think they recognise that things that will um, help them have confidence in their own um, quality assurance and that of the supply chain are critical, particularly when they're looking to deliver products abroad that may not have the same kind of quality standards we have in our traditional industry. And what they want to try and do is develop an offering, be able to work with local supply chains and have confidence. So they do recognise it, but it's like any one incident which focuses your mind you assess whether, you know, your part in it, but it, it doesn't necessarily represent to them the, the, the whole of their industry, particularly in new build. It's almost like you see a different group of companies who are in that retrofit and, and post-retrofit. Post re when, um, when it comes to the issue of quality and standards, which yeah. is one of the things that you care a lot about at BRE, 
everybody sort of agrees it has to be a combination of mm. carrot and stick, um, and that government has got a role to play. But isn't it inevitable that one of the one of the things that's going to come down the line post Grenfell is there probably will need to be a lot more stick and a lot more rules that are adhered to, and you know, pr principally from a safety point of view, but mm. also thinking in terms of sustainability and, you know, mm. the, uh, the, the cost of the environment as well. And and I, I think that's right. And I think it was came out in the conversation today that standards driving around a particular performance, whatever that might mean. Um, people have been talking about that for a long time in the industry. Again, one of the challenges, though, when you're already delivering a product and a service, changing and doing all the investment you do to understand what that performance driver is, is difficult maybe with the opportunity of uh, disruptive technologies or enabling, whichever way you want to look at it, if they can, if that platform can do some of this um, research, data analysis, providing the, the methodologies to do the value proposition, any part of the industry will be able to use that. And I think that's where you'll start to see the shift. I, I don't think there's a lack of willingness. I think at the moment, like all, like, like all industries, they're engaged in the way that they're engaged. And there is no one big player. And I remember in my background in aerospace, that sudden transition, really, of airlines starting to say to Airbus or Boeing and, and their supply chains, well, we want a craft which delivers a certain number of payload from here to here, and not just that the craft costs a certain amount, that we operate within a price. And quite quickly, that filtered down to people like me, who were engineers, who were designing materials and manufacturing to achieve a particular physical performance, thinking, well, how do we do that? How do I influence or have any contribution to the number of people on an aeroplane? If you tell me the stiffness of the wing, I might be able to help. And I think there's an element of understanding here as to what the client is and then being clear on what they want. Sure. But they also need to have help with that. And regulation and standards help helps them to specify but um, isn't building still woefully short of where they are in aerospace and indeed in, in automotive manufacture um being able to lock down to a particular design and a product um is a challenge when people want variability and we create so many different variables um however moving towards a system where you can have key elements could be standardised. Mm -hmm. And the car industry have done this now, um, even more so when we're talking about rooms in hospitals, exactly the same thing. Can we optimise a bit and still have variability? And then that, that, those are the kind of things I think will help. But it is interesting how, as you say, industry constructors are doing a tremendous amount to be more efficient, more effective, safe, the safety thing is an interesting one because they can already see the economics of that. And yet, at the end of the day, when you look at the whole system, the the, the, the margins for everybody are still tiny mm. and the time is still the same yep. to 50 years ago when we didn't even have the technology we have now. And therefore, I think you've got to have a different approach. But also in other industries, you look at, you know, Renault own Renault cars, Airbus own Airbus aircraft and that's a difference to maybe the branding and the the type of things that happen in industry um, but certainly seeing it with some of the contractors mm. in vertically integrated supply chain approach yeah you know you share in the value you share in the investment you share in the reward yeah um and that, and that you know costain adopted that a few years ago with their chief exec who'd come from automotive so so you start to see some pockets of it 
Interestingly, with the Olympic build, setting the standards there on requirements around the environment and carbon and, and, and setting the performance standard and saying to suppliers, there's no one of you can do this on your own. So you've got to get together and come up with a constructive product which is affordable that achieves this, and they facilitated it. And some of that methodology is now feeding down into some of the big infrastructure projects because those people who are on that project have learned and applying it. So part of it is not about, I don't think, proving the method or the um, technology, even at real scale. It's about walking the talk on the project and seeing it through. That's why some of the major... Um, I guess, um, government-led initiatives, big challenging projects um, where it's set up like a company to deliver something like HS2 or Crossrail, they can operate and have to operate in a different way. Because it does offer so much, doesn't it? You think about all the stuff about building information modelling and digital twins and virtual reality. I mean, it's all really exciting, isn't it? Mm. And and you can see how it would be wonderful if it Mm. was all in there and working, but... It just seems to be a painful trip from the sort of what it offers, the potential and, mm. and the reality on the ground. I mean, one of the things that we've recognised, even in some of the things that we've done in BRE with the research that we've either commissioned or done ourselves, is that there's a lot of fundamental proving being done and, and still needs to be done. But you do need to work at real time scale to understand all these facets and bring that disciplinary approach together and BIM's a very good example and we funded a tiny tiny project to allow someone to develop a BIM model of a campus at university Um, and and it was great but then what they did was use it to try to optimize the waste management on site and they involved a number of people who had you know the facilities manager he's got his costs and challenges and and at the end of it, they saved 32 man years of effort by doing some modelling, taking data, optimising, remeasuring, and that's a real saving. And those are the exciting outputs that people want to hear about. And having the opportunity and the space to do some of that work and share it, that that's what enthuse, you know really enthuses people in thinking, well, I've got those challenges and something that can allow them to then engage and think, how do I get the best out of this? And really let enterprise drive it 